0: Welcome back to When Banned Things Happen to Good People, a podcast about censorship and the arts. My name's Todd Sullivan, and with me as always is Oren Barter. Hello. And today we are continuing our journey through A Clockwork Orange by Anthony Burgess. So here we are, continuing on in 2021. Uh, this week has been slightly less stressful than the last week, I think. Um, no attempted military coups that I'm aware of, so that's, a,
1: that's a, plus, a plus, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. How are things? How are things, Oren?
1: Things are not too bad.
0: Good to hear. Yeah. Um, how are you progressing on your, uh, your new year's, uh, what was it new year's goal or new year's
1: attempt? The new year's attempt. attempt. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I have not exercised yet, but I have thought about it a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good first. Step.
1: <laughs> and now we're talking about, first you think about right. it then you talk, then about, you talk it, about it. Then you
0: talk about it. And that's, I mean, that's, that's, I think, um, in the same way that cleanliness, uh, they say is next to godliness um, thinkingness is is next to actionness. Yeah, next so, to next to doingness. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you're you're practically there already.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could probably just say attempt successful.
0: You might as well at yeah, that point,
1: right? Really? I mean it's it's <laughs> it's in the it's in the bag. Yeah, totally. yeah. How about you? Um, How are you doing uh, with yours? Have you been tweeting? Twittering?
0: I have a little bit earlier in the week, and I I, I tweeted something today but it's always so this is part of the reason that I'm trying to do this is that i think the the more you tweet the more people are likely to respond to your tweets and so right now because i've tweeted so little over the course of my my time on twitter is i'm not getting any engagement nobody ever responds to anything i tweet maybe it's just that i'm not funny or interesting or anything um no comment but that ends up <laughs> that ends up working against the attempt because of course when you put something out there on social media at least for me I like to have people respond to it. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, you put a tweet out, whether it's something, you know, you're hopefully as thought provoking or funny. And it just, it's like you, your joke dies. Nobody laughs. And you're in the, you're you in front of the, doing your stand up routine and it's just dead. It's like, okay, I'm just going to go home now. Bye.
1: It's a little, I think it's probably a little bit easier to tweet something and not have a response than it is to stand on stage in front of a group of strangers. and have Oh yeah, laugh. no, it's for sure. That you worked for really sure. hard on.
0: For sure. hey I worked really hard on that. Tweet, I spent 15 seconds thinking about it. <laughs> so before we, uh, we we drift from our current futuristic landscape of 2021 to the imagined futuristic landscape that was conceived in 1962, let's do that, uh, take a moment to talk about what we're drinking right now, I guess.
1: All right. What are you drinking, uh, Todd?
0: I'm, I'm back to my, uh, my Phillips uh, Little Wonder low-carb beers. I currently have the Hazy IPA. Uh, which is quite nice. Okay. Um, I got a sampler pack of those yesterday. Um, so I think I've got I've got this and one more hazy IPA left, and then I'll be going through the rest of the pack. How about you, sir? Um, I am drinking
1: the Partake Stout non-alcoholic beer again. Oh, nice. I think yeah. you've had that before. Yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm not on the wagon. I'm not off the wagon. I kind of just keep hopping off and on.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. like sometimes you feel like riding the wagon, and sometimes you're more like in the wagon. Yeah, the
1: wagon's like, yeah, going at my speed. Sometimes I'm on it, sometimes I'm just yeah. like, I gotta stretch my legs.
0: So let's uh, talk about the book, unless we've got uh, any more preambles to do. I don't think we do.
1: Um, oh, uh, Blah 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 got their first Patreon.
0: Right, I was going to mention that at the, the end of the episode, patron, because patron, um, yeah. we do have to, uh, he is at that level where we have to mention him in every episode now um so now okay. that you brought it up um let's talk about that we got a very first uh, patron on patreon and i want to send a big thank you to frankie uh i don't know frankie. if you listen to this one because i know frankie we uh um, carlo and i met you in the the discord for uh for our that other uh, podcast Half got conspiracies and we chatted with you a little bit in there about russia um, and you know how your favorite conspiracy, I believe, was Area Fifty One, which is interesting timing because the following episode was going to be Area Fifty One. So, I hope you enjoyed that episode, and uh, and thanks for thanks for supporting. We really appreciate it. Um, we're already planning to use the money that you have provided to pick up the Moscow Mules that uh, Carlo and I will be drinking live on January twenty second.
1: So, yeah, oh, thanks for your support. You're doing a live episode. During the inaugu-
0: inauguration, uh, it'll be two days after the inauguration. Oh, um, I thought it was on but, the twenty second. It's on the twentieth, then. It's on the twentieth, yeah. Oh, okay. um, but it is it is about all of the election related um, uh, conspiracies and uh, and also about hopefully what didn't happen that week. But there, I mean, there has been some discussion that things could get ugly on the seventeenth, then on the twentieth, um, leading up to the inauguration, and so. <clears throat> sort of talking about the whole mishmash mess that has been the, the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess by the time this comes out, you'll still have time to go listen to that. Um, so you can check that out at um, uh, half cut Um You can also, yeah, no, you'll want to go to podbean.com for sure. And to, uh, to engage with us live, you will want to use the Podbean app on your phone um, because you'll be able to join a chat room. You'll be able to call in if you want to. Um, if you have participated in one of our live episodes, you already know how it goes. Uh, we've done a couple of them now and another one coming two weeks from now when we wrap up. Um, no, three weeks from now, probably. We wrap up this. Um, so yeah, and then we've also launched a website. If you want to go check that out, it's blah blah blahblahblahmedia.com. You'll find all of our old episodes there, uh, as well as on the front page. Uh, There are embedded players for both Afka conspiracies and... uh, You forgot this one. What is this one called? You forgot this one. When bad things happen to good people.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, Todd. It's like forgetting our anniversary. I don't know if I I can forgive
0: you for this. Um, So yeah, check it out. Uh, Brand new website just up and running this week. Uh, Have you checked it out yet, Oren? You're in the doghouse.
1: Uh, I have not checked the website out, so maybe I'm in the doghouse. I think Maybe you might we're be both in the doghouse. Dog let's just yeah. Yeah, let's just hang out in the doghouse
0: together and, and enjoy our beers. <laughs> I guess I'm back off the wagon. All right, let's talk about this book. Um, but first, another um, another exciting episode of "What the fuck is he saying?" <laughs> okay. I, I don't know if you wrote down any more uh, words this week, but I have another.
1: Bunch. Oh yeah, I do have a few. Let's let's do it. Let's do it.
0: All right, we'll take turns. My first one is rot. Rot. Yeah, what is that? It's mouth. Mouth. Okay, so Litzo yeah. is face, then. Uh, Litzo could be lips. Um, I could see lips and mouth being two different things, but uh, but Litzo could be face. Okay. What have you got?
1: Um, rabbit.
0: Oh, is that like run or like no, bolt?
1: rabbit means mine. Oh, okay. Or like my turn. It was my rabbit to play. Okay. The starry stereo. So turn. Right, I guess. right, right. Uh, what about bog? Oh, that's God. Yeah, yeah. I figure. I, I don't know why I didn't have that one in the last episode. Um. So I have uh, litzo, and I think like he was a bulky, great, burly bastard with a very red litzo. So that wouldn't be very red lips. That would be face. So litzo is definitely yeah. face. Do you have another one? Yeah, was that all you have? No, no, I got more. Oh, go ahead. No, we're taking turns, right? Um golos. Golos. Oh, golos.
0: Golos. I don't I mean I don't I don't have a pronunciation guide.
1: Uh yeah, what was that? I was trying to figure that one out. Voice. Right. Well, that makes total sense. Um I got Domi.
0: Domi is a house, I believe. Oh that would make sense like a um domicile domestic place. Yeah. Um goveretting.
1: Gover or go for reading or yeah.
0: Or maybe it's go for reading. I might have spelled it wrong. Um yeah. I th- yeah, what is that Todd? It's something you do with your gloss It's it's speaking.
1: Oh, okay. So if you have a very nice gloss, you have a very nice voice. If you're go for reading, you're speaking.
0: Yes. Oh, okay. Gotcha. He was cover eating in a horror show galas. Gotcha.
1: He was speaking with a good voice. Oh. Yes. Okay. Um, I've got uh, Staha Staja S T A J
0: A. Oh yeah, that's the state jail.
1: Mm. Yeah, I just said jail, but yeah, that makes sense. Well,
0: staja, I think he like staja he literally translated jail. that yeah. one when he first mentions the Staja. He put in brackets, state jail. It's like the only time. He's ever defined a word in the entire <laughs> book. It's like, just in case you don't know this one. <laughs> Almost like maybe he only learned that one when he got to the jail. And uh mm. and because it's it's in it's not in common use, he's like, you know, letting us in on it. Right. Um, how about tall choked or tall choked?
1: Tall choked. Uh,
0: hit. Yes. Yeah. Um
1: Groody's. I don't know that one. I don't know if we did this one last time, but I'm pretty sure Grudy's is breasts.
0: Oh yeah, I don't think we did. You did. Uh, you did whatever the hands were, and you the first rookers. thought they rookers. were. The rookers. Yeah, rookers were breasts. Yeah. Um, this is one that really only came up in part two. Um, cine. Oh, okay. What's that? It's the film. It's film. Oh. Right. He viddied this. Then he went to yeah. He Evity the cine, he yeah. vidied the which cine. I suspect it's not spelled the same way, but I suspect it's like a knockoff of cinema, right? Or like a you know an adaptation of that.
1: Okay. Yazik. Um,
0: <clears throat> uh, Don't remember that one.
1: Pretty sure it's tongue. Okay. Uh, he stuck his Yazik out a mile and a half to lick his grons. Oh sure yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yeah.
0: Uh, and then the last two I have are ones that I meant to do last week and didn't. Okay. The first is platties. Pants. I think... I thought they were pants originally. I'm, I've am i come to think that it's a general term for clothes, but I could be wrong. Oh,
1: okay. Well, that would make sense. Pants are clothes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All pants are clothes, but not <laughs> all, all clothes are, clothes
1: are pants. Are pants. <laughs> Unless you wear overalls. <laughs> Unless
0: all you... I mean... All, no, that's not. <laughs> uh, do you have another one, or? no?
1: You got one more, I think, right?
0: I do. It's it's maybe my favorite one so far. Yarbles.
1: Yarbles. What's that? Growing up.
0: That's testicles.
1: Oh, testicles. Oh, right. Cut off his. Kick them in the yarbles. Punched that's them in the right. yarbles.
0: Yeah, I, I, I went. I went straight come up. for
1: the cutoff one. Uh, I went to the real, real bad one.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: you're like yeah, kicked them in. I'm like yeah, cut out, cut him off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, what's interesting about that one is it is used in multiple ways. Like it is meant it is used to describe the actual physical balls, as in mm-hmm. like I'm going to kick you in the balls. But then also in that figurative term, like you don't have the balls to attack me. Because I think it came yeah. up in in the fight with um, Billy Boy.
1: Right. And Yarbol cancer. Jarble cancer. Did that come up? No, no. <laughs> okay. No.
0: Man. You <laughs> can see the doctor I'd, doing oh, that. Oh, I do have another one. Cancer. Uh, oh, cancer. Right. Uh, that's a, it's a cigarette. It's a cigarette. Yeah. 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 I thought you were asking the reverse. Like, what is the NADSAT for cancer? <laughs> no.
1: What's, what's uh, cancer in Spanish? El cancer.
0: I would, I would, I would say it's, it'd be like the, the tumi woomi Tumi-wumi. tumi-wumi. Yeah, you got the right. old Toomey Woomies in your Gulliver. Like Tumor? Right. <laughs> That's what I was going for.
1: Okay. Toomey Woomies. Gotcha.
0: Toomey well, Woomies in the Gulliver. Toomey Yumi in the Yarbles. Toomey Yumi in the Yarbles. <laughs> I was oh, definitely brothers. not a horror show about oh, that. Oh, brothers. Okay. Oh, brothers. Let's begin. Uh, once again, we open um, a chapter with What's It Gonna Be Then? A. Um, uh, spoiler alert! Every first chapter in a part is going to open this way. In this case, um, it's it's Alex being asked that question by um, is it the chaplain? Yeah, I think that's
1: the first one. He's he's kind of found God, I think. As yeah, well, cartoon. kind of. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. it's the 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 chaplain is giving this. Um, this sermon about like what is their future going to be like now that they're inmates. Mm-hmm. Um, we find out pretty quickly that Alex has been in jail for uh, two years um, of a 14 year sentence. Um, and at this point, yeah, he's he's hearing this sermon about like, are you guys gonna continue this life of crime? Or are you guys going to uh, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and go out and be better people? What's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? What What are you guys gonna do with your lives? And, uh, and yeah, Alex has kind of found religion in the sense that he really likes reading, like, the, the gory, violent parts of the Bible. So, uh, he's very clearly an Old Testament guy. Right. Um, he'll, uh, We also find out that Alex has learned that Georgie was killed mm-hmm. uh, about a year before during a break-in that he was doing with uh, Pete and Dim, Um something went wrong when they were escaping uh Georgie tripped and the guy they were assaulting basically beat him until he was dead. And Alex, which of course Alex
1: was not all broken up about that one.
0: No, Alex was not all broken up about it. I feel like it's like one name off his list of people he wants to deal with once he gets out of prison so in a way that's that's gone well for him. Um so at the end of the sermon as the um the other prisoners are, are leaving, you know, Alex is helping out a little bit. Uh, he he sort of volunteers in the chapel with the chaplain. And he mentions to the chaplain that he's heard about this thing called, I don't know if you knew the name of it. I don't but think he did. Uh, he just like this, yeah, this thing. Heard and then, this
1: thing. And then they let you out.
0: You can go, yeah, you go through this process and then you're fixed. You can never, you, you, you'll never commit crime again. And he wants to find out more about that. And uh, the chaplain, you know, says it's called the Ludovico technique. Um, and he doesn't, he's opposed to it because the chaplain has some ethical concerns about the process, which I think will come up in more detail later. Nonetheless, Alex asks him to put in a good word uh, and see if he can get him into the program. At which point, uh, Alex is brought back to his cell, uh, to what he calls his new droogs, which are basically his bunkmates. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, I took a note of this thing. Yeah, this is one of his existing mates. He goes in, he introduces all of the different mates and um one of his bunkmates started talking about something, and and he said this this line, and at that time you couldn't get hold of a poggy, and then in parentheses, Alex adds whatever, whatever that, that is, was. yeah. <laughs> and that made me laugh so much because it's like <laughs> He's, he's like rolling his eyes at this guy who's using slang that he doesn't know about. And this entire book has been that exact thing. Exactly. Just, it was so incongruous. It was so weird. I had to take note of it.
1: Yeah, I did too. I thought that was hilarious <laughs> after everything that was thrown at us in this book <laughs> right. uh, from, from Alex, the Oh humble narrator. And he's like, whatever
0: the fuck that is. Whatever that means. Some of this lunatic. Um, we find out the condition of the prison system is pretty bad. Um, basically they're in cells that were meant to hold three people that are now housing six. And now they've added a seventh person to the cell who doesn't want to be there. Nobody else wants him there. Mm -hmm. They basically want him to sleep on the floor. He doesn't want to sleep on the floor, which kind of adds to uh, the dramatic tension in chapter two. Chapter two, everyone is sleeping and um, the new guy crawls into bed with Alex and, I'm not sure I, if I read this correctly. I think he started masturbating. I think so too. Yeah. But it was one of those things that was that was so buried in the NADSAT language that I was like, I think that's what he <laughs> says, but I'm not sure that's what he says. But yeah, uh, he seems that's to crawl into bed got, and yeah. Yeah, starts uh, masturbating, which I don't know. I feel like what we've known about Alex so far, his response is essentially what we'd expect. He beats the guy up. Uh, and then you know he clocks him in the rot. The rest of the 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 cell uh, get up and they start kicking the shit out of the guy. And then the guards come and they break it up. Um, then when the guards leave, <laughs> they start all over all just, again. Yeah, they just do it again, but quieter. Um, which seems to be again um, kind of a testament to the the state of the prison system. At the end of everyone taking a turn, the guy's kind of on the floor. He's 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 kind of done. And then Alex does one last kick into the guy's head, calls it a night. So the next morning, um, Alex wakes up and the guy is still lying on the floor, not really moving, not really breathing. Um, and he chucks he, out he's...
1: Yeah, well, he ch- first he chuckles, he sees him and he's like, ha ha. Yeah. He vex or whatever. Smex, Vex? Smacks. Yeah, smacks. Yeah. And then finds
0: out the, the guy is dead. Well, not just that, but, like, everybody else in the cell is going to throw Alex under the bus oh, yeah, as being responsible time. for this, right? Big time. Because like, Alex is nah, trying to be like, you. there's... That
1: was you, man. And, they're like, you were all a part of it. And they're like, yeah, but you hit him last.
0: Yeah, but he's like, you, you hit him the most. And everybody's like, yeah, don't matter. Um, so, yeah, they're all united in uh, in throwing Alex under the bus. And I think, so, at the end of this chapter... That's when, so there's like tension throughout the prison after this happened. Mm. And then there's like a sense of almost elation through the prison as this, this like higher up prison authority comes and sort of does the tour of the prison and then stops at um, Alex's cell and sort of looks in on Alex. And I think he asks him a couple of questions uh, or makes a couple of comments. And you basically get the sense that this is the guy in charge of, or at least involved with uh, the Ludovico technique. And, and as he's deciding now to take Alex, like Alex has really shown himself to be kind of an unredeemable, unrepentant criminal that maybe can only be helped in this way. Mm-hmm. Which Alex is very happy about.
1: Yeah, because he thinks it's a they... get out of jail free card, literally.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, he's got 12 more years of a sentence in front of him. And uh, with this, he's basically got the promise of being released in a fortnight, which... I actually don't know what a fortnight is. I should have looked it up. Is it a week? Two weeks? I feel like it's two weeks. Days. I feel like it's yeah. two weeks. Um, I mean,
1: we play Fortnite all the time. I, I, I was
0: going to say, we play Fortnite, <laughs> and yet that game does not tell us anything about how long a fortnight is.
1: No, it doesn't. Fortnite would that be like 14 nights? Fortnight? Oh,
0: that could be, yeah.
1: Okay, I'm looking this up now. All right. A fortnight is a unit of time equal to 14 days. Mm-hmm. The word derives from an old English term, tine night, meaning 14 nights. Hey! 14 nights. Yeah. Look at me go.
0: Well, so, like, we could just adapt that to, like, everything, right? We could have a third night. We could have a 12th, 12 night. 11 night. Yeah. 10 night. 9 night. <laughs> a 2 night. 2 night. <laughs> 27 night. <laughs> exactly. So, chapter 3. Alex happily signs himself over into uh, the program uh, to receive the Ludovico technique. Afterwards, he finds out the chaplain wants to talk to him. So he heads down to see the chaplain. And we get this kind of this interesting scene where the chaplain wants to make really clear to Alex that he was not in any way responsible for Alex being used mm-hmm. uh, in this program. Um, and he's... He's clearly a very troubled man. He's, you know, he he gets weepy at one point. He's an alcoholic, he's drinking. He's an yeah. alcoholic. He's drink, which has been mentioned that like he's got scotch on his breath every time he shows up. Um, he pours scotch into a greasy grimy glass and has a drink here. Um, but you know, I, I don't remember how much it comes up in this chapter, but kind of the central question of the book and the central question surrounding the Ludovico technique is. Does a man who has no ability to choose to do good, does he actually do good? Right. Is it better to retain choice and do evil than to remove choice and be forced to do good? And that's kind of the issue that the chaplain is all wrapped up in and, and how, you know, why he does not want to see Alex go through this. Um wants to make sure that Alex doesn't think he had any um, responsibility, and I think says you know when you when
1: well, you look wants, back
0: on this and know what happened like don't don't think don't blame me for it, yeah,
1: like and that. I think he wanted to wipe his hands of it too because he felt like this procedure was going against the will of God, and he felt like if he had any part of that, he would be going against his religion, right yeah,
0: yeah, and it's not just against the will of god it's it's that whole central choice or the central issue in christianity about you must choose good or evil Mm -hmm. um and and god has given you choice
1: i think he does mention i i don't have that part written down but i think he says something about uh choices given by god and therefore is yeah uh, divine or something like that yeah and then Um, but but as he's saying all this to alex he says do i make myself clear he didn't brothers but i nodded that he did
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess the nuances of, of ethics might be a little over Alex's head at this point.
1: Yeah. And the whole time, like, um, even when it comes up to to starting this whole thing, he's still laughing inside, thinking about all the bad things he's going to do when he leaves. And yeah, exactly. And how he's pulled the wool over their
0: eyes. and Yeah. And, yeah. He's going to fake his way through whatever this program is and just be back out on the streets in no time, killing and raping and having a good old time.
1: Spoiler alert. He is not. <laughs>
0: So he's brought out to uh, a different uh, area of the prison, a different building. Um, And at first, it seems like he's going to have a pretty swish time of it. Um, He's got his own room. He's got nice, comfy jammies. He's got like uh, what I think were um, slippers. Yeah. He gets a a really nice lunch. Uh, And then a nurse comes in to offer him, quote unquote, (laughs) a vitamin injection.
1: And he's like, "Oh well, these vitamins
0: are going to make me right as rain." Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's worth noting, I guess, that it's not the nurse doesn't say that it's vitamins. It's Alex who comes to the assumption that it must be vitamins because he's undernourished from being in the uh, in the prison, and they need to get him, you know, fixed up. Uh, in fact, uh, it's not a vitamin injection, as we will find out later. Dun. Uh, and dun, then dun dun dun. dun yeah. Uh, and then. Uh, someone shows up in a wheelchair to take him in uh, to the next room Well they
1: weren't in the wheelchair. They showed up with a
0: wheelchair. Well, I'm sorry. was that not clear? <laughs> this guy this just guy comes sh- rolling in, in a wheelchair. In, in a wheelchair to get Alex. <laughs> come on, come with me.
1: Come with me. I'm Professor X. I went through um, the exact same thing that you went. You're going through go through and I
0: feel sorry. fine. I apologize if that wasn't clear. Um, guy shows up pushing a wheelchair for Alex to take. Um and Alex is like, well, I, I can walk. It's fine. But he gets up and he's a little bit weak. And so the guy's like, no, 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 we better do it this way.
1: And Alex is like, well, um, I must be weak because I haven't been
0: eating well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's got a lot of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, he has a lot of like mis-explanations about what's going on to him through this process. Um, but we'll get to that. Uh, Next chapter, we see him brought into the next room, which is uh, basically a theater. Got a big theater screen at the end. Oh, was it a cine? It's a cine, yeah. Um, And so he gets put into this chair where he gets strapped down, can't move. Um, His head is strapped in, so he can't move his head. Uh, And his eyes are essentially held open. Which he thinks, I mean, this is this is ridiculous. Like, I want to watch this film. I want to go through this process. I want to be healed so I can get out of here.
1: And the doctor's and like, no, like, no, no, trust us. This is for the best. Yeah.
0: This is for the best. We know what we're doing. We've we've been through this rodeo a few times. Um and so the films start, and they're all these kind of horrifyingly uh brutal films. And actually made a list of the films that he's shown. The first one, it's a it's a group of a group of like thugs <coughs> beating someone up. Uh, the next one, it's a it's a gang rape. Third one, it's like somebody's face being cut up and their eye being gouged out and their teeth being pulled out. Uh, I found myself wondering too, like in in this is obviously an imagined future from nineteen sixty two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we assume that it's like 1972 or 1982, but I'm wondering like how, I mean, I know they took in, in a future chapter, they have like Nazi propaganda films that they're using that obviously they would have acquired those from the Nazis, but are these, I just to myself wondering how these films in the universe would have been made. Right. And whether they're, whether they're fiction, I guess. I mean, the, the, the next one is an old woman who's being kicked around uh, in her shop by a gang before they light her on fire and walk away. Well,
1: and Alex, sorry, Alex keeps saying, well, this must be fake. This must be fake. But he's been wrong about pretty much every other step of this process up to this point. Yeah. Um,
0: and then the last film uh, is uh, Japanese soldiers torturing uh, other, I mean, captured soldiers. Yeah. Um, people who've been nailed to trees, they light fires underneath them, they they cut off their yarbles, uh, and also their heads. And again, that one feels like it's something that would have come from, you know, film shot during World War II, more propaganda. Right. And maybe that's all this, all of these films? Because I, I, I just feel like, especially in 1962, the idea of having the the effects necessary to like make realistic depictions of this kind of violence didn't really exist, but I could be wrong. Anyway, as Alex watches these films, so hold all on. of which should appeal to him. Hold Sorry.
1: on. What, what did you think? Did you think the films are real or did you think they were made up?
0: I think they're real. Yeah. That's what I thought too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that it, it, and that's why it led me to question like where their source would have been. Mm mm-hmm. um, Are these you know, are they are these snuff films that they found or
1: is the government I mean, making these just for this? exactly yeah. is
0: that how far they're willing to go for this experiment that we need to have this footage. Let's go ahead and make it. So I did wonder about that. Uh, and as Alex watches these uh, and all these films are things that he should be enjoying. Uh, unfortunately, he can't because he begins to feel incredibly nauseous. And it just gets it gets worse and worse as he watches these films. He gets an um,
1: awful pain in his Gulliver.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, begs for it to be over. Um, and the end of that chapter, I think, uh, is is pretty chilling. Because he's like, please, 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 stop. Mm-hmm. And and one of the doctors basically says, Stop. <laughs> We're just getting started. Yeah. And uh and so he's he's in for a good number of hours of this, uh, but that brings this chapter to a close on that kind of somewhat chilling moment. I mean, you have to remember that this about this character, he's not exactly someone we should be feeling sympathy for, though so that is, I think, part of the the complicated nature of a book like this is mm-hmm. that by design, as Alex loses his ability to choose what he's doing you almost have to have some sympathy for what he's going through or maybe empathy I don't know next chapter we're right back with Alex uh watching more films or I guess Alex is he continued to watch films that day the likes of which he can't describe um so he doesn't and he's wheeled back into his room where he kind of starts to feel better immediately in fact not long after, a doctor comes in to see him um, and tells him he's doing very well.
1: They gave him some food, and he's actually feeling food. hungry.
0: Yeah. I think Alex said something like, you know, you got to stop this. Like, uh, it's making me so ill. And the guy's like, well, I mean, do you feel ill now? And when Alex thought about it, he's like, well, no, I feel perfectly fine now. And again, he he makes these, um, you know, excuses like, yeah, it was just, it was from my really rich food after being in prison or, you know, my body getting used to the vitamins again. And mm-hmm. he's got, he's so ignorant to what is happening to him. It's, it's a bit, I mean, I guess it's fair. I mean, he's 15 years old, doesn't have a lot of experience. Well, 17 at this point. I guess he would be, that's correct. Yeah. Thank you. Um, While he's in the room, um. Someone comes in to sort of follow up with him just about the the whole process. And it's like, so we got to find out where you're going to live when you get out of here. And he's, you know, Alex basically says he's going to go stay with his parents who uh, apparently don't know he's going through this process and don't know he'll be out in in a fortnight. Uh, but Alex is fine with that. He thinks it'll be fun to surprise them. Um, and then he asks, you know, what, Alec, what Alex is going to do for work. Alex kind of like comes and haws. He doesn't want to really find a job right away. Um... And then as the guy is finishing up, he asks Alex if he wants to take a swing at him. (laughs) Right. And Alex is like, what? The guy's like, yeah, come on, just take a swing. I know you want to. Come on. Come on, take a pop at me.
1: So he does. So so, Alex swings. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So Alex swings. The guy dodges. But Alex gets this little feeling of sickness when he does it. When he starts thinking about, like, what's going to be the aftermath after he hits this guy. He thinks about the blood and he starts to get a little sick. And he's like, oh, that was weird. And the guy just kind yeah. of laughs on his way out of there, the doctor. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, kind of get a feeling for what's uh, what's starting to happen to him.
0: Yep. And then following that, uh, Alex goes to bed and has a dream where he's out, you know, doing his regular criminal activities. Wakes up from it and finds himself again kind of ill just from the bad dream. And he gets kind of, you know, he doesn't want to go back to sleep at that point because it's like, man, he, you know, has this dream, should be a good one, wakes up, kind of wanting to be sick. That's not a good night. So he he tries to stay awake, uh, ends up falling asleep, but, uh, you know, at the end of the chapter, he says he didn't dream again, so. Okay, I think we're on chapter six now. Um, Alex is continuing with the treatment. Um, I think at this point, he's getting treated multiple times a day. This is the point where they use the Nazi propaganda on him. And something that's different about the Nazi propaganda is it features a soundtrack of Beethoven music. Right. and this Which is what really, really upset- sets him yeah, off. Yeah,
1: he gets really mad about that. He's, you animals you whatever i can't remember what the word it was one of those made
0: up words but Mm -hmm. i gotta
1: find that because that was a good word
0: um and so yeah he's quite annoyed because it seems like he's now going to have those those violent reactions to music and and you know it's all so unfair the doctors don't seem to have a lot of the sympathy. Uh, they just sort of, so they shrug their shoulders and it's like, yeah, you know, the music makes it easier for you to absorb the lesson. So, I mean, it's all part of science. Yeah. This is also the point where Alex um, basically learns what's happening to him. Um, they ask him how he thinks, you know, the nausea is hitting him and he thinks it's all of the wires and things that they've attached to his body and his head. And they sort of have a good little, uh, is it smack? A little smack at that? Yeah. Um, because all of those things are just what's recording his reactions, and it's um, it's the vitamins, which are not vitamins, that are making him ill.
1: Br- oh, I found the word. Okay. He calls them
0: brachneys. Brachneys. I think that's one that's come up before, isn't it? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, so later, after he's brought back to his room and then is going to be brought out for another round of testing, the nurse comes in to try to give him an injection. Instead of just taking it, he basically, you know, gives her a whack in the hand, she drops the needle, he's like, haha, you can't take me that easily. So she kind of can, because she comes back a minute later with, like, four big beefy guards who are going to hold him down while she jams another needle into his arm. Uh, and back to... Getting more, uh, get more cinnies. And to ruin more music for him. To so ruin more music for him. Um, the guy shows up, no wheelchair. Right, no vitamin this time either. And Alex is like, well, where's the injection? He's like, no, oh, we're not doing that either. You can walk with me to, to the, to the theater. Or we're still going to strap you in, but you, know, you can walk there. So they walk down there, they strap him in, they start the films, and what do you know, he starts feeling ill all by himself. So the, the, the conditioning process is now basically over. His body has been taught to associate feeling ill with, with violence. And crime. And antisocial behavior. Yeah. Crime. Yeah. Um, the Ludovico technique has worked. And uh, Alex is no longer capable of violent acts. Supposedly. We'll find out for sure next chapter. Um after he's brought back to his cell or his um his room, which he discovers kind of in this chapter, he looks around it kind of for the first time, realizing that there's bars on the window and uh there's no way out. He decides he's gonna try to escape. Um so he pounds on the door, pretends to be sick.
1: Pretends, yeah, pretends. Uh, pretends like I got, I've got appendicitis. I'm gonna die. You gotta help me. Yeah, yeah. So the guards come in. They grab him, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna fight my way out of here." Yeah. And he goes to hit the guard, and sure as shit, he can't do it. He gets right mm-hmm. sick right away, and the guards like, "Come on, hit me! I want you to hit me, hit me!" And he just can't do it. Which is a very different Alex from the Alex that we met in the first part of this book.
0: Very, yeah. Uh, and in fact, uh, after the the guard gives him uh, a punch to the face and leaves laughing, I think, Alex finishes up the chapter saying that, like, it, it almost felt... He'd almost reached a point where it felt like being hit was better than hitting to the point that he almost wanted to offer a different cheek. Right. After that first blow. Yeah. Definitely a callback to a book that I don't think Alex has ever read. Um but definitely a reference to turning the other cheek in the Bible. Chapter seven. It is now Alex's last day. Um, he starts his day with his clothes and I forget the word. I should have written it down, but there's, there's something that he had with him all through the beginning, which I think was like his, his knife, right? I, well, see, here's the thing is I'm, I'm thinking of the movie where he had a walking stick that also had a knife that pulled out of it. Right. And, I don't know if that was something that was invented just for the film. Um, but that's what I'm picturing in this book every time he says that word. So
1: Okay.
0: Um, it's basically his whatever his weapon was. It definitely had a blade at some point because he stabbed Dim in the hand and sliced up Georgie. Um, but he's quite surprised to see the weapon, particularly because like, you know, he's a
1: He's still in prison.
0: He's still in prison. And they just he's a known gave criminal. A weapon. Yeah. He's he's looking forward to going out and Having some lovely,
1: having a having a horny show yeah. dripping
0: off. Yeah. <laughs> um, another word that hasn't come up yet, but what's that? Um, Corvy. Cor
1: Yeah. Why, or Kravvy. Or yeah.
0: Kravvy, Kravvy. It's Kravvy. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's blood. Yeah, that one's been. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we didn't bring that
0: one up. I don't know. Okay. It just makes you think of gravy whenever I see it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit.
0: <laughs> um. So he's brought back into... Well, he's either brought back into the theater or a different room. I couldn't really tell. Um, but instead of going to watch a movie, there's now like a stage. There's a bunch of people in the audience. Some people that he knows,
1: um, some people that he doesn't know. Some people that he knows.
0: The the prison warden, the like the higher-ups who brought him over here. Um, and he's basically there to demonstrate the effects of the Ludovico technique to the people in the auditorium and prove to them that it works. Mm-hmm. So first thing he encounters is a guy um, that comes up and co- sort of starts flicking, hitting him, flicking his nose, <laughs> <and> <laughs> stomping <laughs> on his foot and Sk- insulting him. Yeah. And
1: I think hitting his ears and stuff. And
0: Yeah. Just just trying to start some kind of fisticuffs. And what does
1: what what uh, uh, Alex say? He's like, please let me, is there anything I can do for you?
0: That's the first thing. Well, first yeah. of all, he wants to respond, right? Right. And he can't because of course he's immediately violently ill. So his next response is like, please let me do something for you. He starts madly searching his pockets for for money or or something he can give the guy. So he gives him his know.
1: he gives him his weapon. Yep. And the guy's like, what am I going to do with this? I don't want that. Throws yep. it away.
0: Uh, And eventually, he's like, well, let me clean your boots for you. Let me clean your boots for you. And he gets down on his hands and knees. And actually starts licking
1: the guy's fucking boots.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then I think the guy gives him a a kick in the head. uh, and And then one of the doctors is like, that's enough. Well, no, I think Alex does take him down. I think he does grab his ankles and drop him. Oh, you're right. Yeah, he does. But While he, feels he's down so, there. He, does. he
1: feels so bad after doing like He feels so sick after doing that. He actually gets up and gives the guy his hand to help him up.
0: Right. Then that guy hits him again or something, doesn't
1: he? Yeah. And then, yeah, there's nothing he can do. He, he still wants to do something for the guy. That's all he can think of to do, to yeah. make it stop. He wants it to stop, but he can't fight his way out because he'll just get violently
0: ill. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then yeah the doctor says that's enough and then the you know the guy does a little, little bow wanders off stage um, they talk a little bit about you know the process and and how it's working and everything else then Alex is given uh, a second temptation which is a, a beautiful woman wanders on stage um, and I thought this was interesting because in my mind um, Alex would have been conditioned just about raping someone. Right. Um, And maybe it's the context of it in in what he thought about, because as soon as he sees her, um, basically what he narrates is that he thought about like basically banging her right there on the stage in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what triggers his initial again, violent sick reaction and I don't know, though, that that's like... Is that necessarily rape? Or has he been conditioned against sex in general at this point?
1: Um, I think his original thought was like, I want to take her here now violent-like. Like, he wanted on the floor, immediate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think maybe that could have played a part in it. Maybe the audience, kind of like the gang rapes that he was watching in the videos, yeah. that he yeah. was um being accustomed to they're feeling sick at yeah i don't know if it was uh maybe it'll come up later in the book just maybe even regular sex will be will be a no-go for him
0: um yeah and again you know as soon as he thinks about that again it's the nausea it's the it's the pain in his head um so he starts sort of you know begging the woman uh, you know pledging to be her knight
1: to protect um, her from all the evils of the world and
0: yeah, throw his coat down on the ground so that she wouldn't get dirty. Um, and so the audience is very impressed by all this. You know, there's some, you know, likely some sustained golf claps going on. Um, but the prison chaplain is in the audience. And he, he's about the only one to speak up, again, about the ethics of this and about mm-hmm. what this process means for Alex's free will. Is it truly goodness if he has no choice? but to be good um the the rest of the auditorium doesn't really seem to care they're all pretty like,
1: they're all pretty pleased i think
0: they are yeah it's like you know what uh, we don't really care we're you know science isn't worried about the ethics of making this guy not a criminal they're just worried about whether we can do it and we did so yay <laughs> um And so, yeah, I think the last line of the book is the chaplain saying, or the last line of this part is the chaplain saying basically, yeah, it works. God help us all. And that's the end of part two. Um, I don't know if I'm quite at um, sympathy or empathy for Alex yet. There was a question that came up, uh, I think, in response to... The Chaplain's Concern, which I think is an interesting one about choice, Alex chose to go through the process. Is that not him enacting free choice and having to live with the consequences of that choice?
1: Right. Even though the consequences weren't anything he thought was going to happen, but a lot of times in life that's how it is, right? Right. Exactly. A lot of times you'll make
0: a choice, yeah, and
1: you won't have, you won't, you won't know what the consequences of that choice are, are exactly going to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, you might know that there are going to be consequences, um, but you still made that choice and you still suffer the consequences, right? So yeah, yeah. he did choose to do this because he did have to sign, <laughs> um, even though they he he expressed yeah. an interest in it and it was kind of like. Uh, they were like, no, 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 this is still experimental. Um, we're not going to do this for you. Um, and then when they expressed an interest in him, he still had to sign, sign a paper saying, like, I understand what I'm about to do.
0: Yeah, and I a part of me thinks that, like, the fact that uh, Burgess chose to actually spend some time actually writing about that process of signing it and the actual, like, the actualization of this choice mm mm-hmm was so that he could make this call back to that moment at this point in the chapter to say like, he did like, this was an act of choice. You know, how can you criticize his lack of choice when it was the presence of choice that brought him here in the first place? Right. Um,
1: And it was the choice. It was, it was choice that brought him to the jail too, in the first place.
0: Yeah. Arguably. Like everything that's happened has been like the choices that he makes. Yeah.
1: Um, another thing I found interesting, uh, was the doctor, he explained it. It wasn't that Alex all of a sudden had this urge to do good. He still had the urge to do bad, but the urge to do bad made him feel ill. So he had to do the opposite to counteract the illness. So his goodness still came from a place of pretty much pure evil.
0: Yeah. But what's interesting too, I think in the book over the movie, and this is just because of, of the formats is that, in the book, it's much more clear that it's not just that he's changing his actions. Because he's narrating, he's explaining that he's having to change even what he's imagining or thinking about. Right. Um, yeah, because
1: it's, it's really... And that's what makes him sick. It's not the... um, Because he doesn't get a chance to to finish the act and to see the aftermath of it when he wants to hit somebody. But he thinks about yeah. hitting them, he imagines the blood... And then that's what makes him sick. Or he sees the beautiful woman and he imagines the act act, and that's what makes him sick, right? Mm -hmm. So he actually has to, yeah, he's he's battling within himself before any action comes out, right?
0: Yeah. Something else I was really thinking about here too, and I mean, it's not time to talk about the movie yet, but at this point, I feel like this is one of maybe the most... Like, I think the film is one of those movies that maybe follows the book as closely as just about any other film has. Like, there are scenes in this book that, as I'm reading them, like, uh, the the scene we were just talking about where he goes in to sort of um, show whether or not the the technique has worked. Mm -hmm. Where, like, there was descriptions of, like, these two spotlights coming up on, on the stage. But, like, I'm reading that and I can see that scene happening in the movie. Um. Like, it, it feels like a very, very... Except for maybe very small changes. Like, it was really, really a close adaptation. But it's been a while since I saw it, too.
1: It'll be interesting when we do uh, cover the movie to to really see the similarities. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's uh, pretty much been spot on up to this point, as far as my memory uh, serves.
0: Well, and I think, um, at least from... Part one,
1: mm-hmm.
0: maybe not. Maybe not part two, but in part one, um, every every line of dialogue that exists in the film, maybe not every, most, mm-hmm. are are lifted from the book. I know. I'm pretty sure all of um, Malcolm McDowell's uh, voiceover is taken from the, the the first person narrative of the book. Right. Um, I think I actually went back and revisited the. Um, the scene of him in the record store this week, after we talked about it on the, on the podcast last week mm-hmm. about whether it was changed or, or like how old the women were. And I think some of his, his dialogue with them is a little bit different, but there's some stuff that's the same as well. Um, yeah. So here we are, uh, at the end of part two, Alex has been turned into a, um, a good person, um, an upstanding citizen. And someone who I'm sure will have no trouble coming out of prison and readapting to life in regular society. Is that, that's that's my prediction. That's your, <laughs> that's my prediction. Okay. I'm sure, I'm sure the last third of the book is just going to be finding out how great Alex's life is after receiving this, <laughs> this technique.
1: I think you're uh, right. We'll I find think out. Right. I think, uh, <laughs> I, th- I think that this is a, a glowing success. And there's going to be no consequences whatsoever. Uh, It's just going to be smooth sailing. He's going to spend the rest of his life working and happy. And yeah, I can see it.
0: Yeah, I think. uh, What's he going to do as a living? He can't. I would have predicted going into music, but he's not going to be able to do that now. Um, Maybe a tailor. Oh, because he likes fashion. He does like fashion. That's that's almost like his second love. Sorry, wait. It would be music, violence, and rape, then, then fashion. Then fashion. Yeah. Yeah. And so the first two are off the table now. <laughs> so I can see him going into fashion. Yeah. Um, any, uh, any final thoughts on this part of the book? Um, give me a second. I'll let you uh, do yours first. I'm still enjoying the book very much. Uh, it's as it goes on. I think I, I said this last time too. It's it becomes gradually less of a struggle to understand the language because you begin to learn the words. But early on, it was definitely a, a more of a more of an issue. Um, and it's it's again continuing to be interesting to see how closely the book stayed. Sorry, the movie stayed to the book. Uh, and that does make me look uh make me look forward to watching the film again to have a better better access to seeing how close it was and and where it might have deviated um and it is interesting to see how even at this point i think we are starting to feel something for the situation that alex has put himself in and i think a lot of that comes from the first person narrative i think when you are inside someone's head narratively it's easier for you to sympathize or empathize with what they're going through because it's almost like you're putting yourself into that position okay and i think it's always interesting when when someone can take a character that you know should generally be considered, you know, unsympathetic or unempathetic mm-hmm. and and make them the opposite. I wouldn't say he's the opposite yet. No, no, I wouldn't yeah. say so either, but I'm already I'm already feeling it a little bit. Is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, like being strapped to a chair and forced to to watch something and, you know, feel I think he explained it as uh, he would rather die than feeling what he was feeling. So yeah, I mean that's some pretty yeah. intense, uh, intense imagery and feelings. And it is like you say, well, like you say, it is hard not to feel some
0: sort of empathy towards that, right? I think there's to an extent too. Going right back to the beginning of of part two, mm-hmm. there's the fact that you know, w- was he capable of knowing what he was consenting to? when he agreed to do this, like he didn't have a lawyer there explaining the, you know, the, what the Ludovico process was, what he was going to be subjected to his parent or guardian wasn't there to help him through the process. He was just a, uh, like a 17 year old kid. Right. Who was basically told, Hey man, if you do this, you're out of here in two weeks. And he's like, fuck yeah. Um, yeah, but did not, did not receive anywhere near the full understanding of what that process is going to be like. And now, um, at least from what we see at this moment, he's going to be living with that choice for the rest of his life.
1: Yeah, I didn't really even think about that, about him just being a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, with no yeah, because he they even talk about his parents, like they're like, Well, where are you gonna live? He's like, Oh, I'll be with my mom and dad. And I guess he hadn't seen them in a month up to that point. They had yeah. stopped any visitations. Uh somebody did something. Yeah, I, somebody I was
0: they smuggled cocaine, I think, or you no. Know, He lied about somebody smuggling cocaine. Oh, okay. But there was something else being smuggled in that caused the... Yeah, they they ended all visitations for a while.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to... I'm looking forward to the last part of the book. I honestly don't really remember the last part of the movie, I have to say. Um, I remember... Oh, really? I remember the uh, strapping to the chair and watching the videos. I remember him feeling sick um, when doing things. The only thing I kind of think I remember from the third part... Um, and I was quite young, I think, when I watched this um, yeah. but his uh his disdain for music or um his uh inability to enjoy music um, yeah so I th- but other than that i I can't really remember how the movie ends um, yeah. oh, I
0: remember the ending very clearly,
1: okay yeah, I don't really remember the ending
0: so but spoiler alert um, this book has a very different ending than the movie yeah
1: okay so it's it sticks really true for most of it and then there's a hard right yes okay okay
0: um but we will talk about that uh next week when we actually get to that chapter absolutely the infamous 21st chapter um all right um that brings this episode to an end thanks for listening Um, Once again, thank you to Frankie for being our first patron on Patreon. We appreciate your support. Um, If you want to support us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash blah 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 media. Don't let frankie be the only one come show us some love um and if you want to just support us you know just on a one-time basis you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash blah 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 i said last week that it was buymeacoffee.com slash blah 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 media but it's not i lied i lied last week it's uh (laughs) buymeacoffee.com slash blah 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 i really should try to get these things consistent so it's easier to remember them um, It'll we're be on something Facebook. Something different next Facebook. week. It'll be something different next It'll week. It'll be something different, exactly. We're on Facebook. Facebook.com slash blah blah blah. No, it's not. It's facebook.com. <laughs> I'm so confused. It's facebook.com slash when banned things happen to good people. No, it's not. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I've got too many names of things to remember, dude. I need to write a script or something. Just go on Facebook on and Facebook. search
1: when bad things happen to good people.
0: We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash happen. Oh, you can okay. also email us at, at happen at gmail.com. Um, we have a website, I think I mentioned earlier, blah, 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 media.com. You can find out all sorts of stuff there. Um, might be easier just to go there and follow the links to our socials at the bottom of the page <laughs> <laughs> instead of remembering all this crap I'm saying right now. Um, anything else you want to say?
1: Um, no, looking forward to the... Uh, last part of this book um definitely like you said finding the language a lot easier now and yeah looking forward to the next episode cool
0: great all right uh i have been Todd sullivan and i've been orrin barter go read a fucking book